June is Audiobook Month. Join Viviana, the Enchantress of Books, and the Audiobook Lovin' series as she celebrates the authors and narrators who bring your favorite stories to life. Not only will this month be packed with exciting guest podcasts full of all things books, but stick around after each episode for some special information about this year's giveaway and more. This episode is dedicated to our friend, Becca Manuel, who passed away on Friday, June 9th, 2023. As Riley called her Queen Becca, she was truly a queen in every sense of the word and how the title should be held. She's missed terribly and our world was a much better place because she shined the light and her love on all of us. She was hanging out with us during the recording of this episode where she listened in. I've kept the very end of the recording of our chat, which I usually do not keep within the episode, to include Becca being her wonderful and supportive self, sharing her thoughts of our chat. This was the last time I heard her voice, and I'm glad I have it recorded and able to share it with all of you. Please visit the episode's post on our website, as we've included information about the GoFundMe account set up for her family, as well as a celebration of life ceremony in her honor, occurring June 25th. Thank you. Hi, everyone, and welcome to Season 9, Episode 14 of this year's Audiobook Loving Series. Today, I have the pleasure of chatting with author Riley Edwards. Welcome, Riley. How are you doing today? I'm doing great. Thank you for having me on. I am so excited to talk to you. We met at a convention earlier in the year, and I've just loved your energy and everything about, you know, I'm like, I have to have her on the show. So it's like, yeah, we're excited to be here. (laughs) Yeah, ditto. We had a great time. It was so awesome meeting you in person. And uh, we got to spend a little time together chatting. And that was great. Yeah, it was. It really was. I I know others were going to fall in love with you, too. So I'm like, hey, we're going to start by having you tell us a little bit about yourself, how long you've been writing and how you got started. I'll get all the boring stuff out of the way first. Awesome. (laughs) Um, So so I, uh, I write military romance and romantic suspense. Um, I started, I published my first book in 2016. And I got started by editing, I was doing some developmental edits for an author. And uh, she, we had this really great working relationship. And she kind of dared me, challenged me, pushed me into (laughs) writing my own book. And I thought it was the craziest thing I'd ever heard. And, but of course I'm, I'm pretty competitive. So when she started, you know, really getting into it and and with the dares and the taunts and I'm like, fuck it, I'm going to do it. So I sat down and I wrote Night Stalker, thought it would never see the light of day, shot it back over to here, over to her and said, here's your book. And she read it and she uh, sent it back and said, you need to publish this. And uh, yeah, after sending it uh, to a few other authors asking their opinions, I uh, went ahead and bit the bullet and published. And then from then there, you've been writing. Yeah, from there, I just, yeah, I, I kept going. I think the first 2016, I published, um, I think I published two books that year, 17, 2017, I really started to think I had a shot at this. I just, I fell in love and and couldn't stop and published some more. And here we are. How many books a a year are you averaging as far as publishing? This year, I'm going to publish seven, 22. I published seven. Um, Mm -hmm. And the years prior to that, I was publishing nine a year. 
wow, that's cranking them out, girl. Yeah, I find that I'm the, t- I don't plot. So I am the type of author that when I sit down and I start writing, it kind of plays out in my head like a movie. And I just have to keep going until it's done. Um, my memory sucks. So if I <laughs> take a weekend off or get involved with something else, I kind of forget where I'm at. So yeah, I, I sit down, I start a book, I work seven days a week, 12, 15 hours a day. And I just, I just keep going until the book is done. So depending on how long it is, it could be three weeks, four weeks. Yeah, it, it all depends on the length. I know that sometimes it, it could be a bunch of books all at one time, or sometimes there's some authors that do a book or two a year. And it really doesn't matter from a reader's or listener's perspective, because we just want them all. And we devour them the mm-hmm. moment they come out. And we're going, so when's the next one? And I'm sure you've had those inside thoughts of like, woman, I just published this one. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I well, as a reader, mm-hmm. I love to binge read. I am such a nosy reader. So the minute I start a series, yes, I just want the next, want the next, want the next. So, and as an author, you know, it would be worse if I put out a book and then there was radio silence mm-hmm. and no one was saying, when's the next book coming out? Um, so, yeah, I mean, when it happens on release day yeah, <laughs> and it's five hours later and I'm like, wow, so let's talk about how many hours it took me to put those words on the page and we're five hours later. Did you read every single one? Like mm-hmm. every, did you read every word? I need you to go back and do that. <laughs> Please. <laughs> yeah, because it's not also, I mean, it's a process, not only the, the time that you spend writing it, but then you have to go through it again, edits, then there's the whole, you know, book cover design format. And there's a lot that goes into getting these books in our hands. And we devour mm-hmm. it in about five to six hours. And we're like, so when's the next one? So nonchalant, right? <laughs> uh, and I'm like, meanwhile, I've had five thesauruses open. Um, <laughs> I have deleted and re you know, re uh, rewritten, excuse me, paragraph after paragraph. And yeah, six hours later, it's been devoured. But I mean, hey, the flip side, again, is that readers don't do that. And then that's probably a pretty, that would be a yeah. really shitty feeling. <laughs> yeah. No, yeah. And I do mean it like with, it with all love and stuff. Yeah. Because like we know that yeah. it, the, some of us do know that the work that puts into it, but at the same time, we're going, you know, I love you. Right. And, and I know it took time. But I, I need to know what happened next. <laughs> so. I know. Well, I'm like that as a reader as well. And I always feel bad because I do have, you know, readers will come back and say, is so-and-so going to get a book or what happens? And I don't know. Like, I don't know until I start writing the next book, what that plot will be. Um, that's even why I don't write my blurbs until after I've written the book, because I literally don't know what that book is going to be about and the one time one time I'm like I'm writing the blurb first I wrote the blurb I slapped it up on Amazon and someone noticed when I took that blurb down and rewrote it (laughs) I got an email saying wait a minute I thought and I'm like how did you remember that so I learned my lesson I I don't do that anymore (laughs) we as readers sometimes and it happens too like where we are loving the main characters and everything. But then all of a sudden that second, you know, side character comes in for that one scene, whether it's to, you know, at the cafe, they, you know, they're just hanging out or someone's the, the arms dealer in a romantic suspense. And we're like, what about them? Are they getting a book? And you're probably going, 
they just dropped off the guns. <laughs> you know, they had yeah. one line. Yeah. And now we're like, no, we want more. <laughs> uh-huh. Well, I, I have a character in um in my triple canopy series, and his name is Tim. He was in one book in like two scenes. And I just never thought, you know, he was inconsequential. I was never going to use him. And right after that book came out, people were asking about Tim. And I'm like, no, Tim, who is Tim? Like, I didn't even, <laughs> I, I had to go back and look. And I was like, what? They want him? And so as a joke, I put him in another book. He's this undercover DEA agent. So I'm like, hmm, let's see, watch this. So I put him in another series and readers caught him over there and they're like, oh, so Tim's getting a book. I'm like, well, I, I guess Tim's getting a book. So I'm starting <laughs> a new series. And yes, indeed, Tim will now get a book. But you know, that was never meant to happen. But those are the best characters, in my opinion. Yeah, I think sometimes you guys do something about it, whether it's the setup of the scene or how that those few lines from that one character just grabs our attention. So it's truly your mm-hmm. fault. And yeah. then all of a sudden we're just like, we want more because we're curious. And it, but it must be difficult because you're not a plotter, like you were saying, trying to figure out where to fit them in as you're writing the story. Because I'm sure there's been times where you may have wanted to start a book and you're starting it, but then that's not the story that's coming to you. Has that happened? Yes. Hence the blurb yep. that I wrote. <laughs> And I'm like, this is how it's going to go. Like I had this, I thought it was working out in my head. Like I had this whole thing planned out and I got three chapters into the book and I'm like, no, this is not their story. This isn't it. And I had to put that aside and and start over. It did not fit the blurb at all. I don't write the blurbs. I don't know where the story is going. And really, I mean, to fit this character, Tim, in, I had to, I had to start a whole new series So I could bring this character in because he did not fit in any of my current series. So I decided to start a new series and stick him in there. All right, fans. Now you guys know she's doing this for us listeners and readers. So yes, yes. (laughs) Thank you. A whole new series just for him. (laughs) We appreciate it so much. I'm like. I'm like that as a reader as well. As I said, I'm a nosy reader. So, I mean, you put someone in a book, I'm going to want to know about them. I don't, I don't care how small the character is. I'm like, oh, she's got purple streaks in her hair. She must be totally interesting. Give me her story. Um, (laughs) Yeah, no, that's, I, yeah, I'm very, very nosy reader. I need to know everything about everyone. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I, it's definitely, a, a, as readers, sometimes the things that we pick up on. I, I know that when I read books or listen to them, sometimes the details of the eye color or something that, unless it's major to the scene in one way or the other, I might miss it. But there's others that can do an entire like book series of Bible. And I'm like, damn, okay, I, yeah. I get you. And it's, uh, but it's, it, these are the readers that we, we all want for you guys to be able to have those conversations and love on the book because we're like, did I miss that chapter? I know I'm like, no, it's just involved in things going kaboom in a romantic suspense. Yeah. And he didn't remember that, you know, he had blue eyes. And so the heroine later on says, yes. And as I was, as the bombs were going off and bullets were blazing, I realized as I look at him that he has these gorgeous blue eyes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, I write the books and I, forget their eye color I'm like wait did he have blue eyes at the beginning of this book because why now are they brown Uh, yes thanks god (laughs) 
<laughs> Thank uh, I, you know, my uh, queen Becca, my PA, God love her. She as uh, she's redoing my book Bible for me. I think I sent her my book Bible when we were redoing some some covers and kind of getting everything in order. And she took one look of it, one look at it. I mean, she is gosh, she's so organized, and yes, I thought her eyes <laughs> all the way from Texas probably popped off, spun around in five circles, and yes, so she has. She has taken over that for me. Um, and it's amazing what that looks like now. I'm like, oh, okay. This is how it's supposed to look. Oh, I mean, 40 something books later. <laughs> when did you give that assignment to her? A few months ago, you said? Oh, it, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, there was, there was this pop loud yelling. I was wondering what that was. And now oh. I, I can. <laughs> Yeah, that makes sense now. <laughs> Yeah, I know. Yeah. I'm like, oh, the the queen. She just, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, she is the organi- organization be- behind everything, uh, for sure. But yes, my book bible now is fantastic. So hopefully, I won't have any eye color changes in the future because I am I am guilty of that. It happens. I mean, you're worried making sure that things go kaboom properly, right? In front of all that other fun stuff that happens in a story. Yeah, Becca's awesome. She is a friend that I've met a few years ago. We've worked together a few times. So I totally know her uh, her organization skills, which I love and adore, which is one of the reasons why we're friends too. Because I'm like, I'm kind of similar. I love spreadsheets and I color code them. <laughs> yeah, spreadsheets are my jam. I live mm-hmm. off of spreadsheets. Um, so... Her air tables are legendary. Yes. Um, if you talk to her, she will, she, I fully admit I'm locked out. I'm not allowed <laughs> in my air table. She's the boss of that. I have one folder that says Riley's junk. <laughs> and that's the only folder. <laughs> I love I it. just recently found out that anytime I would go in there and go in search of something, um, I always got busted and I'm like, how the fuck does she know I'm in the air table? Like, is she, Notifications. she must have, we have this, this, oh my God, I didn't know <laughs> that at the top it says recently opened and I'm like, mm-hmm. oh, son of a bitch. Well, I'm stupid. Okay. No, it's so okay. yes, I yeah. just, I just stay out completely now because <laughs> every time I think I'm just trying to be good and like, oh, I can grab that myself. No, she catches me. But yes, she, she keeps that book Bible. Um, in there, all organized and book covers and yes, everything's in there. Oh, it's it's much needed. You'd be surprised. I'm sure that uh, with how many books you've written, you know how good it is to have one of those because when we're revisiting something or having to, to mm-hmm. you know, spinoff series or the kids series, all that fun stuff, it's always good to have. And fans and readers will pick up on those small little details and let you know profusely in a review. So yes, and to... you know, brothers, sisters, the cars they drive, you know, Goodness. all that kind of yep. stuff. Um, before I would write it down in a notebook. I mean, I have spiral notebooks for days. I love, I love me some notebooks, but it's not conducive to finding something quickly. So yes, she has, she has given me a, a book Bible. With you writing in romantic suspense and in military romance, what made you want to write in those genres? Those are my favorite to read. So it just, it made sense for me to, to write those. I, I love external drama. Uh, I love the idea of, you know, uh, a strong woman needing a helping hand and having to make her vulnerable enough to accept that. 
And then on the flip side of that, I also really like, you know, to see this big, strong man swoop in on his, you know, I guess he doesn't swoop in on a white horse and motorcycle, but (laughs) yeah, I mean, come in and just, you know, kind of save the day. My husband is former military. My two older children are in the military. Um, I'm just kind of surrounded by that, our friends. So that, you know, bringing the military aspect into it just made sense for me. I also like to write in series. Again, it goes back to being a nosy reader. Um, I'm, I'll read standalones every now and again, but really I'd like to get into a series. And I find that with romantic suspense, writing a team of men, writing a family, it just lends itself to that. So yeah, I just, I stayed writing what I love to read. Yeah. One of the things I like, cause I love romantic suspense and, and I kind of make a little fun of it in the sense of, cause I always find it fascinating from an author's perspective where you know, things are going literally kaboom, bullets are flying. And that's when they have a moment and they're trying to make out. And I'm like, do y'all that things are going kaboom? And there's, and you know, so when it comes down to those kind of scenes, how do you go about writing them? Are you purposely thinking, okay, we're going to have bombs exploding? I mean, how does that process for you go? So I usually tend to keep the sexy time before or after the bombs are exploding it's usually right after we're like that high adrenaline you know they've been on the run they've outrun the bad guy that you know the adrenaline's still pumping and then it makes for some really great you know dirty wall sex um honestly but yeah i mean i recently i read a book where the bad guys were outside the cave and the the two main characters were inside the cave getting busy and i'm like damn y'all like to live dangerously okay (laughs) i'm there for that too i'm there for that Uh, (laughs) a little voyeurism mixed in with some bombs but uh, yeah i i usually go you know, either right before or right after. Um, I have had, you know, sexy time interrupted by the bad guys outside the door. But yeah, I I love that adrenaline rush also that that external drama gives me and lets me put into to my characters. Again, it's always interesting when that happens. I, totally afterwards, I get it. But there's always some times where authors will do that one moment and I'm like, guys, focus, bullets. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but I mean, come on, if there's like, your your hero is so focused on his heroine and like he just has to have her well i don't know not not when there's bombs exploding that yeah might. i because I, I, if, if, if it were ever i would to put in that situation i would have been like can we focus on the bombs and the things going kaboom first we'll get to this other thing later you're hot i know it let's go survive this please first <laughs> right right yeah that, that's, that's yeah. a good point the 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 world right now in book world that we are living in tends to love more the concept of tropes versus genres which i find fascinating in the sense of for me i kind of think sometimes that tropes are a little bit spoiler you know when this is a baby i kind of like to know that you're now you're spoiling the surprise surprise enemies to lovers but i know that from a writing perspective you guys kind of have to know the backstory or where this is going when you're writing your books do you think of tropes before or it just kind of develops in the writing it develops in the writing i don't think of tropes at all when i'm writing as a matter of fact i mean now everything's kind of changed in this last like six months right now like all of a sudden i'm seeing all these all these graphics out there with all these tropes listed and i'm like okay i that's what readers want 
we we're going to get on board. But yeah, and so we're kind of going through the books and trying to pick out all the tropes. And I'm like, I don't even know what tropes are. Like I had to buy a book. I'm not going to lie. I had to buy a book of tropes to go, okay, oh, so that's a thing. Like, obviously the, you know, there are secret baby or force proximity. Like, yeah, those are, I think we all kind of just know those if you're a reader, but there were like some serious, like some tropes in there. I'm like, oh, I didn't know that was a thing. So yeah, no, they don't, tropes don't cross my mind when I'm writing. I just, I write the book. Oh, I was with, you know, I do have a secret baby book. And I knew that that was going to be a secret baby to start with. But yeah, <clears throat> other than that, no, I don't. I'm trying to think there's no other book. No, because I mean, honestly, this whole thing with a trope has been, it's recent. I want to say like you were saying about within the six months, within the first, you know, this, this past year, it's getting significantly, but yes, six months, it's everywhere. And I'm like, y'all enemies to lovers. I mean, again, you're kind of spoiling it for me a little bit. You know, I, I kind of want to know that there's that friction and things, but with romantic suspense, it's always been, to, I think that's also one of the reasons why I love it. It's kind of like not a thing so much anymore. It's usually, I'm seeing it more on the, like the dark romance and the contemporaries and the billionaires. But I can always wonder right. since you said that you were writing it as, you know, the story comes out as you're writing, you're like, there's no way really to anticipate if they're going to be enemies to lovers until they tell you on the page. <laughs> right. Yeah. Right. And I, I mean, I'm the same way. I, there's even some blurbs, like I'll scan, I'll scan a blurb. Mm -hmm. Um, but I don't, I want to be surprised when I read. I'm, I'm one of those. I'm like, just give me the book and let me get into it. And as it, it unfolds, I'll figure out what this is about. What's your favorite kind of scene to write in your books? So my favorite <laughs> scenes to write are arguments. Like when I can see that. Two, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. When I have two characters in that push and pull. Um, that big explosive scene where, you know, they're just getting it all out. They're just having a good argument. Those are my favorite. I can, I could write the fuck out of that. Like it, I can blaze through those chapters like nobody's business. Sex takes me the longest to write. And then when I get to the drama and there's actual like bombs going off or they're on the run, sometimes I can write those quickly, but they're there's a lot of research that goes into those scenes for me to make them as realistic as possible. So whether I'm looking at a map to see how far away something is, is it feasible to get them there? How long would it take? Can we do it on foot? Where's a safe house? Those, you know, those scenes can take a little bit, but a, a good argument. Oh no, that's my jam. I love dialogue. I love dialogue. I love two people just hashing it out yeah, i did love those good banters those are always awesome to read and to listen to yeah. them when they're on audio it's fantastic i'm like yeah she did tell him that mm -hmm. oh girl <laughs> mm -hmm. yeah those are always great because romance is an umbrella term when we have all these subgenres underneath it you know paranormal romantic suspense so on and so forth is there a genre that you have not written that you want to no there's not i i love to read dystopian but i don't think I could ever write in that genre, but I, I love dystopian. It's a lot of world building. It's, there's just so much that goes into it. If I were ever going to kind of branch out, it would, it would be that I think, but I, yeah, I, I, I love just, I love where I'm at. Mm -hmm. So I can't, 
I can't foresee changing that. You you share with us your favorite type of scene to write. What about your favorite type of character to write? What's your favorite and why? Oh, my favorite character, (laughs) my poor readers. They're like, you beat your heroes up. I love a wounded hero. I like this tragic backstory of a hero where when he finally has to open up and it just all comes out. I love the vulnerability in that, like taking this big, strong man and just really putting him on his knees and just forcing him to open up to his heroine. So I think damaged heroes are my my favorite. I I tend to really torture them. (laughs) you sit at your desk saying hmm what can I do to them this time (laughs) yeah I'm like what haven't I done like I've done a lot of mean things to these heroes Uh, there's gotta be more oh goodness (laughs) like there's yeah there's some tragic backstories with with my heroes I mean sometimes I do my heroines also have you know tragedy in their in their uh past but really my my heroes typically are the ones that get the the brunt of that oh goodness i can always just imagine your characters looking at you like really woman seriously really thanks i know but but i'm like what fun is it if you just have like two healthy people that (laughs) i'm just (laughs) that's horrible um (laughs) but yeah that that for me is a is a lot of fun to write Mm -hmm. because i like the healing i think i also like the healing process of that so if i torture them in the beginning I give them this horrible past. I can I can heal them on the page and I can walk them through that process and I can believe myself that there is healing in this world. And I think for me that's that's important. I want that in my books. I want people to see that that no matter what that that tragic past is, there is a way forward. And that's important because it's one of the things why we read is to es- this escapism, right? And sometimes we mm-hmm. get into these stories, but it's always nice to know that via conversations or going through examples and figuring out, okay, we, we there's hope and there's good satisfaction mm-hmm. and, and, and love at the end. So that's great. Yeah, I agree. Where do you get your ideas for your books and your stories for? Oh, um, everywhere. Some, I've had books that have just kind of from a, a conversation I I heard and I can kind of form a whole book around a single conversation. I am a huge music lover. So I do draw a lot of inspiration off of music, TV shows that I've watched. I, I'm not a huge TV watcher anymore. I used to be. I mean, Criminal Minds and, you know, all the CSI ones. I mean, that's my jam. If I'm going to watch TV, it's going to be one of those. I'm not big into any other dramas. Well, well, except for soap operas. I was a huge Days of Our Lives fan. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you could write a thousand books off of off of a you know soap opera, but yeah, I mean, just a lot of music conversations. Sometimes stuff I see in the news, though. I I try my hardest. Like you said, this is escapism. So I try not to drag any current events into my books because I don't, I want to get away from the world and get lost into a book, but there are, you know, certain things because I write military and romantic suspense. If I see something in the news, I can go, Oh, wait a minute. I can turn this around and make a story out of that and leave all the bullshit that, you know, out of it that I don't want to, you know, put in my books, but yeah, everywhere there 
are, there is inspiration everywhere. <laughs> when your mind is constantly thinking of the next story, you can find it anywhere. Oh, goodness. It's always say when we're, when your friends are hanging out with an author, you're going, mm, did I say something that's going to end up in the book next time? Or am I going to be a character? If she's happy with me, she won't call me the off. So we're yes. good, right? <laughs> yes. The answer is yes. 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 <laughs> I I was at a book signing in Washington, D.C., actually, Calypso Con, and this was years ago, and I was sitting in the bar editing, actually. It was after the book signing was over, and I'm sitting in the bar, and these four guys walked in, and I knew damn well they were marshals. I, I just, I knew. I know a military look. I knew by their posture. I knew by what they were talking about because I could hear them, and that's where my Take Back series came from from sitting in that bar. And I just remember I was messaging the group. I'm like, um, mayday, mayday, hot guys in the bar. Anyone, <laughs> it was like after midnight. I'm like, yo, y'all have to come down here right now. But that's where Take Back came from. And that book, Dangerous Love, starts with my heroine in the bar, seeing those four guys sitting right next to her. And she's, uh, she's actually a narrator. My heroine is, and so she's, she, you know, she's at the bar. She's talking to her best friend who's asleep, saying, "Come down here." And her best friend's like, "You're crazy. I, it's too late. I'm not coming down to the bar." And that's where she meets her hero, is in the bar. It's always amazing when you're at places and and things like book cons and conferences and uh, and signings when you have so many people around and just some people just stand out more than others, and you're going, "Hmm, I think there's a story there." <laughs> Yeah, I mean, when you're a people watcher, you know, you yeah, you tend to make up the stories in your head, right? Like you see somebody, you know, like I wonder if or and I'm definitely I'm a I'm a people watcher. I'm I nosy. noticed that. No, I noticed that people watching <laughs> when we were hanging out at the event. It was I'm like, mm, he is uh -huh. definitely a people watcher. Because I would see I would see your eyes, you know, all of a sudden your head would move a little bit and then your eyes are falling I'm going, mm, I wonder there's gonna be a story there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah I mean when there's a lot of stuff going on around me and something catches my eye and, mm -hmm. and then I feel so bad because I will zone out in the conversation because now I'm you know something else I'm creating the story in my head and sometimes you kind of have to snap your fingers in front of me and say pay attention because I'm I am I'm off in this world and I'm creating this story I mean when we were sitting, you know, out in the lobby and there were so many people and that musician was behind us and yep. he was playing and it was just, there was a lot going on. There's so much to watch. Always. Yeah, there was, yeah. There's always people dressed up or mm -hmm. friends coming out with um, koozies that were in a particular shape and form. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that was fun. <laughs> yeah. There, there was a lot going on for sure. <laughs> Folks, there's a story there. We might get to that a little later. <laughs> you know, I'm blaming the altitude. Okay. Just stick with me on this, okay? We're gonna okay. we're gonna blame the altitude. Mm -hmm. Um, I might have had one drink, but it was for sure the altitude, and that that's why. Yes, all of that happened at the table. <laughs> I did learn. I mean, that I was warned about the the drinking and the altitude. I'm especially for me, I'm being a Florida girl, right? Native Floridian. Mm -hmm. That altitude is a huge difference. I was okay, but there was one or two times where I, I had a, a sip of a drink here, and I'm go, oh, okay, that's what they're talking about. So yeah, I, I but we'll go there. We'll go with that. Yeah. 
Yeah, I I was careful because drinking a lot of water because I'm like the altitude's not going to bother me that much. But yeah, it I, I felt it starting, so I'm like maybe we should just switch to water. Mm-hmm. But uh, <laughs> yeah. it was hey, it's it's always when you are around me, it, it's always a good time. Yeah. If it's going to happen, it's going to happen when I'm sitting there for sure. <laughs> the crazy stuff always happens, and then. I, I just always look around and say, but it can't be me, but yet I'm the common denominator. So perhaps it is me. (laughs) Well, you do have this energy about you that allows people think to drop their defenses and just be a lot more themselves. So when things like that happen, they're like, oh, with friends, I just met the woman, but we're like friends, right? (laughs) And then things start popping out and koozies start coming out of you know out of the woodworks and all that fun stuff uh-huh. yeah so well, yeah I, I appreciate that that's actually a wonderful compliment so thank you for that yeah no definitely it, it's one of those where when I first like I, I had heard huge compliments about you and how awesome you were and so I was thrilled to be able to finally meet this person Riley who's fantastic and everything and I'm going oh we'll see um and sure enough <laughs> you lived up to the expectation and more so so I was like uh-huh. thrilled that we had the time to spend together and get to know it and have these fun stories now. So, <laughs> yes, well, I was definitely nervous when I when I met you. I mean, I was nervous because you know I hear so much about you and and you're very well known. And as you said, you know, you're friends with with Becca, my queen, and she absolutely adores you. And I was like, oh, please let her like me. I hope she doesn't think I'm a total idiot. And I get so nervous, and then I'm like, now am I rambling? And- <laughs> no. So uh, it was yeah, it was uh-huh. but I, I did love I, I do love it book signings. Like the actual signing part for me is so nerve-wracking. I get so nervous and then I try so hard not to be nervous. So my favorite part is when we can just sit down um in the lobby and share a drink and connect and get to know each other. I think that that is because above everything else, like we have, we share something in common that is so important to me. And that's, you know, our love for books. We're readers. We, we love this industry that way um, as readers. And I just love that connection, being able to just sit down, hang out in a very real way and let all the superficial, I'm an author, I'm Riley, you know, book signing stuff go and just hang out. Like, really you know meet a new friend um and that's that was I loved being able to do that with you at that table and sit down and um have some fun that's to me the the important part of those signings and the different conventions is that human aspect right like we we get to connect yeah yeah I had someone ask me so what was your favorite part about that convention signing and I'm like literally and I told them about just that evening hanging out at the table in the lobby and they kind of looked at me and I'm like, listen, you don't understand when you're in the signing, you're, you're running around, making sure that you meet with the people that you want to meet, get the book signed. If you're, if you're, uh, if a friend of yours sent you, make sure that that friend got their book signed. It's just, you know, a lot of to do's, but uh-huh. it's really the most fun part just to kind of afterwards or before, depending on the timing, uh, just to sit yeah. and relax and just hang out. And so the favorite part of my, the, the trip for me was being able to hang out with you at that, in the lobby that day and that evening and just chill and have fun and have oh, some Oh, that makes me yeah. so happy. That makes me so happy. Because I feel the same way. I had so much yeah. fun with you that night, just Thank hanging you. out. 
Yeah, it was really fun. It, and again, it, it kind of shows us a little bit about because I think sometimes readers will put the authors and the narrators on, on these pedestals. And then you guys are like, no, I'm just a regular human being. And we're like, no, 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 you are the author. And you guys are always kind of we're fighting that a little bit and being able to find that we have aside from the our you know our love of the books and your stories that we have other things in common this is fantastic i kind of wish that there was a way to have that those moments without actually having to do the work part of the signing <laughs> so do i so do i i actually i just went to chicago to the signing uh wild and windy and i did that as a reader so i didn't have to do the work i could just sit around and i had the most fantastic conversations with readers when they were just sitting out in the lobby hanging out and it it's great when I don't have to go and work so yes I just I let's get clean Becca on that let's just yeah do, like not even a retreat let's not even it's not a writing retreat it's not a work thing yeah just yeah. hang out and yeah share mm -hmm. yeah I was thinking about that it definitely wouldn't be it's some form of retreat or hangout or something like gathering have to figure out that yeah I'll get with Becca we'll figure it out yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. let's figure that out because I agree I just that was the most fun for me that mm -hmm. always is the most fun for me and I love meeting readers and I love the whole the signing but I like seeing the readers outside of the signing because then I mean when we're signing you literally I have three minutes you know I have, I have two minutes to sign a book and he would and I just to me I I want to talk I want to know like okay so what is your favorite book not my not a book I wrote like let's talk about books what you like yeah yeah mm -hmm. yeah we'll we'll figure it out we'll get there <laughs> We'll have the, maybe it'll our, be your our, specific events. <laughs> our, our book signing, non-signing. Signing, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I think it's something that uh, a lot of readers are also kind of craving. I think that that's also the conversation the past couple of months, especially after COVID, where we've been all mm -hmm. cooped up, is being able to go to a place where we can just hang out and with particular authors and, and, and narrators now too that are also starting to attend these events and just mm -hmm. relax. And not have yeah. to worry about running around to, to the next panel or making sure that we're in that line or heaven forbid that they're a risk signing author. And you're like, ah, I don't have the number. Yeah. So I mean, love again. The events are great. I love going to them, but I, I have had to work some and I've had to be on for some and others. I'm like, <laughs> I'm just going incognito and uh, yeah. I take turns because, you know, I want to have some fun too, damn it. <laughs> yeah, I, I totally feel that. Yes. Yeah. So aside from your titles and having as many as you do, but and they're usually like in paperback and e-books, e what made you decide to have your titles in audio? People asked for them in audio. So I thought, okay. And then I, I actually, my books, my first books that went into audio was my 707 series. And people started asking me about audio and I knew nothing about it. So um, I was approached with a deal through um, Tantor for the 707 series. It's four books. And I thought, sure, what the hell? Like, you guys can produce them. I don't know anything about audio. I don't. I, I'm busy writing books. And I put those in audio through them. And then the response I got from those audios, I thought, well, shit, maybe this is something I need to start paying attention to. And so that's when I started putting my own books into audio, getting them produced myself rather than using a, a company like Tantor or Podium or something like that. But yeah, it was just readers or readers asking for them in audio. So now that you're doing them yourself, how involved are you now with the whole casting of the books? 
as far as the auditions and things like that? It depends. So there are some books that I know 100% who I want to narrate. Like Troy Duran did my 707 series. So when I did my, my Next Generation, which is the kids of that, I wanted him to do those books. So I approached him, asked him if he would go ahead and do those books for me and produce them for me. I was lucky enough for him to say yes. And I left it up to him to pick the female. And he gave me some, I said, who do you, you know, you give me some options and we'll go from there. So he gave me a few options and I picked Devin Grace for that. And again, she had time in her schedule. She said yes. So they did that entire series. And then I do work with the majority of my titles. I work with Blue Nose Audio. So when I... I kind of approach them. I tell them I have this this series. Again, there are some books where I know 100% who I want the narrators to be. And then other times I just say, you know, can you give me some suggestions? And they do. They give me, you know, a list of, of male narrators, female narrators we go through. I do rely on them a lot because I think for me, it's important to have the narrator voices jive like the texture of their voices and I feel like you know Blue Nose kind of the expert on that so I will pick out some pairs and ask them does this work do these two voices lend themselves to each other and they kind of guide me through that but I I did know right now I have my take back theories going into audio and that first book Dangerous Love when I finished writing that book. um, And I was thinking, well, we're going to put these into audio. The only person that and I would, I would have waited years, (laughs) if I had to, that I wanted to narrate that book was Joe Arden. And it's because that book is so emotional. There is I mean, it's a secret baby. Guess what the secrets out everybody knows (laughs) it's been out for years now. But there's one particular scene in there that is so emotional. And he had already narrated a series for me. And I heard in an emotional scene he did for me in Holden's Resurrection, I heard his voice crack. I heard this like quality in his voice. I'm like, oh yeah, I need that for this book. And I basically begged. I'm like, please, I know you're busy, but can we please do this book for me? Like, and I love all my narrators I've worked with. They have, they are fantastic. I have been so blessed. But this particular book could have gone to nobody else. Yeah, there's just some characters that need a particular voice and that can be captured by. And there's sometimes, you know, that narrator who that is. And it's like, nope, that's that's it has to be them. Good that you have that. Yeah. And it wasn't until after I was, you know, I was done writing that book where I was just thinking about the audio. And I'm like, oh, yeah, that's I know who's going to do this. So (laughs) and then I was I was totally just so thrilled when we approached Samantha Brettmore to do the heroine in that book. And she said, yes. And I was like, holy shit. She said, yes. Awesome. <laughs> um, we, we just got the audio back for, for that book. And it is, it doesn't come out till October and the, the audio is fantastic. Okay. Yeah. No, Samantha is brilliant. Oh my God. Their voices mesh so beautifully. She nailed that character. Like she, she did fantastic. I'm glad that Blue Nose has been doing that with you and that's been working out. Oh yeah, it is it is so easy. Like they have made audio so easy and when I work with Troy Duran and his production company, 
I, he makes it so easy as well. And I guess I just, I've been so blessed with these two production companies because I have heard from authors, you know, some problems or things not working. And I just think I'm like, wow, I'm lucky because it's always just work. It, it is seamless. And that's not to say, I mean, I have had a, a few titles where I've had to go back and, and just, and it's of no fault of the narrator at all, but I've listened and gone, that's just not it. That's, that's not who I heard. And it's not because, and not because I'm not going to use this narrator or narrators in a future series. It's just for that particular character. I'm like, Oh, that's not, that's not what I heard in my head. And those times are really hard. It's really hard to navigate those, but that's not only for my benefit to for my audio that's for the narrator as well like this is their profession this is you know I want them to represent and do have only their best work out and if they don't connect or it's just not right it's just not right and Mm -hmm. I don't think it's their fault my fault anyone's fault we sometimes we read something and we're like yeah not feeling this yeah, no, absolutely. That's where I, I've always said casting is so important. And I'm really glad that and hoping that more and more you guys as the authors, when you're working with production companies, get those first 15 minutes uh, samples to make sure that it's a good fit because they may right. sound great, but it just may not be for that character. And I know some authors right. have also done it where like, no, it's not this character, but I there's another character in another book that I think they'll be divine for. And then they just yes. go to the next book and then yep. you know get cast there. And that's perfectly fine, too. Yeah. And also, it's good, too, that you do that, because as a listener, we're trusting you guys to help with the casting, right? Because you know your character is better than mm-hmm. anybody, but also yep. because you know the uh, the characters. And so it's, you're also helping making sure that the listeners are happy with the final results. So we appreciate that. And I have had I've I have had some samples where, you know, I'm not sure about the casting and I get I get so much help. I just I feel like <laughs> I get really I get a lot of help with this and I'll get some samples I'm like, oh, I don't know just not feeling this and then I'm sent different books to listen to where someone's saying trust me mm-hmm. listen to this and I'm like oh, okay I hear it in this performance but I didn't hear it in the initial performance they're voice actors right they're acting out these characters so it is it's it's important that they are reading the correct material and I'm also hearing, you know, what I'm hearing in my head is being translated to their performance as well. Yeah, absolutely. It just makes for a perfect package at the end of the day for the listeners when we're, we've been waiting and wanting and like figuring out like, okay, who's going to do it. And then we Mm -hmm. find out, you know, when you share who's cast in the book, we're going, Oh yeah. And then other times we're going, Oh, I didn't think about that one as an option, but we're going to trust her. We're going to trust that this is going to work out. And then we're blown away by the performance. And we're like, damn, we're never second guessing her again. <laughs> so yeah, it all works yeah out. I love that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. When those moments happen, we're like, okay, I see you. Mm-hmm. We're good. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. With the amount of books that you're, you know, pushing out and constantly working and stuff like that. So when you're not working, what do you do for fun? Oh my gosh, what is fun? Can we define fun? I'm not sure what fun is anymore. (laughs) I still, you know, I still have a 15 year old at home. Um, Well, my daughter's 19. She still lives here too. So I really, I mean, when I'm not writing, I 
to just spend time with the family. I don't have much time for anything else right now. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Honestly, that sounds so horrible. Maybe a book signing. Oh, wait, no, no, no. Let's back up. We can delete all of that. My fate. I am so much fun. My idea of fun (laughs) is I go dancing. (laughs) (laughs) I'm a really fun person. She really is at, you know, after the signing, <laughs> when you not right after, right after when I'm not working. Yeah. I mean, it really is. My idea of fun is being in the kitchen with my kids cooking and sharing that just being with them. Like my, my kids, my husband, like they are my favorite people. My daughter is 19. She is the funniest person I know. I do plagiarize her a lot. There are some funny moments in my books and they have come from her or my husband. He's, he's got a great sense of humor. So anything anyone has ever found funny in any of my books is more than likely come from them. So I like spending time with them. I enjoy that. And I do, I love cooking with them. So that's my idea of fun. Yeah. And that is fun. I think sometimes people, when they're asked the question, they think they have to go this huge, mighty surfing or mountain climb. like no listen if it means sitting down with the dog on the couch reading a book or watching a movie or hanging yeah. out with your family that is fun that is fun and that's what we need yeah what's your favorite thing to cook oh my gosh we cook so much um I think my favorite thing I love fajitas I love fajitas so um if I have my choice of dinner, I'm out on the grill. My husband bought me this new kick-ass like griddle grill where I can do my my chicken out there. I can do all my vegetables on there. I can cut up my chicken on there. I can grill. You know, I could, it's fantastic. So that's kind of my go-to meal. It's quick. It's easy. I can throw the marinade in, let that sit all day. And you know what? 20 minutes later... And we have recently, like in the last two years, we've just started making homemade tortillas. Nice. Oh my gosh. And once you go there, you just never want to buy store-bought again, ever. So yeah, we'll just sit out there and grill. Yeah. I'm not the baker. My son, my my boys, I have two sons. They are actually the bakers in the family. So um, I will help occasionally when you know they're baking, but typically that's my my son's um, area of expertise. Wow, that's good. Yeah, yeah. He made brownies the other day. They were so delicious. I eat half the pan, <laughs> half, half the pound, half wow. of it. Like he came home from school and he's like, um, he's like pointing to it. I'm like, I don't, I don't know. I don't know what happened. Just, <laughs> just eat the rest. I won't touch them. But yes, in one day, I ate half a pound, uh, half a pan of brownies. Well, when they're good, they're good. No, but with brownies Mm -hmm. are brownies are are, are tricky that way. You you don't you don't think much of them. You probably don't pick them up at the store because when you get them store bought, they're not the best. But when you get them at home and then you're going, hmm, kind of hungry. I don't know what I want to get. And then, oh, they're they're the brownies. And then they're delicious on top of that. Oh, yeah, you can't help it. And then you just keep eating them. And mm-hmm. then I'm like, why is there like fudge or something in these? So he got home from school. I'm like, what did you put in these? He goes, Oh, I tried this new recipe where I just put chocolate syrup in it, <gasps> like into the brownie mix. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I, there was like chocolate <laughs> syrup. And they were so good. So it was not like my proudest day, but mm-hmm. yes, I, I ate a lot of brownies. Oh, he's, yeah. he's a good little baker. 
good yeah I, I think that's I think they like that too when when we like their stuff I have a son too that he'll uh-huh. he'll make stuff out, out of the blue and then and he's very still he's 20 but he's very quiet and even when he's excited he still sounds like this like everything is great and I'm going are you happy he's like yeah I'm I'm, I'm happy I'm like okay thanks for showing it not but when he makes that French <laughs> toast he'll he'll make me breakfast sometime he'll just show up at my door as I'm working in the office and he'll come up with like French toast and scrambled eggs and bacon and I'm like all right and he goes oh. how were they I'm like the French toast was really really good and the eggs and he goes you sure I'm like yes I would tell you otherwise he goes okay because I know how you know sometimes your standards are pretty high up there and I'm like yep I, I know I have hard I have I'm, I have high standards you know having yeah. a culinary degree does that to you i'm sorry <laughs> <laughs> my bad so i will never be cooking for you oh awesome. heck yes Good you are know. yes you are i'm like i'm already thinking hey Beck, let's get together do a retreat and have riley cook for, for for the for you know for the group for a little bit and just have her see it there and make see how that works out because i can totally picture hey. you enjoying fun there <laughs> Oh yeah. Hey, if it is fajitas, Mm -hmm. if it is enchiladas, um, a lasagna, I'm on it. I can definitely do those. Perfect. Yeah. See, Mm -hmm. we're good. We have it. Yeah. No, so I totally understand. It's awesome that they also bake and I'm sure they, they are like, yeah, mom likes my stuff. I'm sure they also fight Mm -hmm. amongst each other silently saying, Hey, my mom likes my brownies better than your (laughs) so-and-so. Yeah. No, they verbally do that. Like if my, uh, if if my daughter makes cookies which gosh she'll never hear this thank god they are hard as a rock like (laughs) I like my my cookies like my chocolate chip cookies they should be kind of like soft like yeah not pucks no she makes puck and I'm like "Mm, delicious (laughs) and everybody knows like I I cannot you yeah you've met me so Mm -hmm. I can't hide my emotions they're like right there on my face so if I don't like something and I'm like trying to smile through it you know Mm -hmm. um so yeah no my son definitely is always like yeah no she doesn't she doesn't like your (laughs) your cookies at all well you're you're, uh, really good your daughter and my son have the same issues with the cookies then because he he tries he tries I'm like no honey they're they're still hard as a rock but I mean we can crumple them up and put them on top of an ice cream (laughs) yes he looks at me he's like like, love you Mm -hmm. bye (laughs) yeah give me some good old-fashioned chips ahoy that are like you know the the moist i'm good with those but the hockey pucks that are like and what happened i'm like why are they so paper thin they're like they're like thin and hard i'm like i i don't know and no that's not what she said sister that's not what she said if she said that if she said that then we need to find her a new man just saying damn that was no quick, one riley likes, i know no one likes paper thin i thought about it was coming out i'm like okay wait a minute Mm-mm. no thank goodness your daughter's not gonna hear this i know right yes you know we all have our strengths <laughs> that's just not one mm-hmm. of them for her and that's okay she'll find something no. else yeah <laughs> goodness one of the things i love to do with my guests is play the game of two truths and a lie were you able to do your homework i did all right so you're going to tell us three things about yourself and we're going to try to figure out which one's the lie okay so here they are i love to knit and my favorite thing to knit are socks. I used to work as a bouncer in one of the largest nightclubs in Los Angeles. And I have read Twilight 
37 times and counting. All righty then. <laughs> she did good, folks. Uh-huh. <laughs> there you go. Uh-huh. Yeah, <laughs> as I laugh on the knitting thing, I'm like, hmm, okay. Uh <laughs> mm hmm, see. Loves to knit, specifically her favorite socks. Our socks. She was a bouncer at the largest nightclub, and she's read Twilight over thirty something times. Wow. Okay. It's all in the details. It's one thing I always say about this game. It's, it's in those mm -hmm. lovely details. But I think the lie is. I would say the bouncer, but you're a tough cookie. <laughs> um. Hmm. The loving to knit. One of your favorite things are socks to knit. Is that the lie? Am I supposed to tell you right now? Yeah. No. no I okay. do know how to knit. Mm -hmm. I knit socks every year. They're my favorite thing. Okay. I met my husband working as a bouncer in mm -hmm. a large nightclub in LA. And I have never read Twilight. That was my second. I thought that was going to be it. Like I said, you're a tough cookie. I totally believe you being a bouncer. <laughs> <laughs> totally believe that. <laughs> yep. 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 Oh my goodness. Okay. Bouncer. Wow. That's how you guys met? That's another story right there, huh? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's how we met. We uh I worked at a, a really large nightclub in LA. That was hmm. that was fun times. He yeah. was I mean, he was my boss. So see, there's like oh, boy. this whole <laughs> 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 Yes, yes, I was getting down with the boss. No wonder you yeah, love romance. Was, was, <laughs> yep. Yep. I, I know there's, I could write a hundred stories on the nonsense that went on there as well. Um, hmm. Yeah. That might be a good pseudonym series for you. If you don't have enough things going on in your life. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. One day, what, one day over drinks when we're uh, hanging out around the table. I'll tell yep. you the story. Oh my goodness. It's so fun. Yeah. It's, it's interesting sometimes how we have our, our lives that are like, Oh, I didn't thought to think that this could potentially have been a, a, a story in a romance book, but yeah. So dating the boss. Mm -hmm. Yep. Yeah. Fun I can't, times. I can't be one to talk. I met my husband at uh, the uh, FIU and uh, I was the front desk receptionist and he was the undergraduate studies academic advisor. So yeah. Oh, <laughs> Yes, you have your own story to tell. Yes, and my has an age gap too because he's eight years older and technically student teacher at the same time. So there's like three of them right Ooh. there. I was like, all righty then. Yeah, yeah, can't be one to talk. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I have an age gap too. Mm -hmm. uh, my husband is eight, eight years older than I am. Mm -hmm. Mine's that's, too. That's an age gap. Yep, no, it is. Yeah. Especially when they bust out with, you know, I graduated high school in nine in you know, this day I'm going, I was five or I was in, actually, I was, I, in know. Fifth, I was in fifth grade when you graduated high school, dude. Okay. All right. Yeah. Yeah. That's an age gap. <laughs> I, know. I know. I, I do. I do every once in a while he'll bring something up and I'm like, um, so yeah, see, remember in the eighties, I was like seven. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I do that too. Just. Just yeah. as a reminder. Yeah, I'm like, before my time. That's <laughs> what I tell him. <laughs> I and then I get the dirty yeah. look and I'm like, yeah. what? It's not my fault you fell for a youngin. <laughs> I know. I know. Well, they, I, with that is sometimes he pops out with, you know, I raised you. 
I'm like, oh. you know that that's really weird that you would say that. Yes. Like, <laughs> you're not that much older than me, buddy. So mm-hmm. um, no, no. But he's talking about, you know, through my 20s, whereas a woman, you know, I, I was still trying to figure myself out. I was still going through stuff. And so that's, you know, mm-hmm. um, and a lot of a lot of what I went through, you know, he was helping me through it. So I'm like, yeah, maybe you should rephrase that, though. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I always say that I, I was uh, I've been with him my entire adult life since I met him when I was 19 turning 20 kind of a thing. So well, you're nicer than me. I always just tell him I gave you the best years of my life. So, you know, <laughs> I may start I doing that though. I'm going to borrow that. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, there's no going back, buddy. Yeah. I gave you the best years best of years. my life. It's been 23 years now. So, mm-hmm. um, you got them all. You're yep. stuck. You are just, you're stuck from here. Now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm like, yeah, dude. Yeah. Mm-mm. We're good. I'm done. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <Ugh>. Boys. <laughs> I know. Like you may want to rephrase <laughs> that, love. You may want to rephrase that because it's just that's like another trope, and we don't not going to go there. <laughs> I know that's a whole nother one. That's right. That, we'll talk about that over drinks around the yeah. table as well. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone's like, "So when can we go to this party that you guys are having?" I'm like, nah, "Invite only. We're going to try it out first without y'all listening." <laughs> <laughs> Right. I mean, the first annual, we'll just, yeah. you know, we'll try this out. And then you gotta we work out the kinks, it. you know? Right. Exactly. The bugs. We'll work yep. out all the bugs. All and, the glitches. And then the and next update, mm-hmm. the next update can be, you know, we can just bring everybody else in. Perfect. That sounds like a plan. Yep. Totally worked that way. Yep. Before we go, can you tell us what you're currently working on and what's coming up next for you? Oh my gosh. So, um, I'm working on so much. So are we talking audio? Are we talking eyeball reader? <laughs> Whatever There's is coming lot, out. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, next up in audio is going to be, uh, where we were in May. So June in June book five in my triple canopy series comes out. Um, and that, yeah, book five comes out in that. I have Blue Team right now is in production for audio. Take Back right now is in production for audio. I have foreign translations coming out for um, Gemini group. So anyone who reads German, um, book one just released. Book two will release the beginning of next month. Um Unfortunately, I just had to postpone the release of um, Silver Team Book One, which is Theo. Um, so that's going to be coming out sometime the beginning of um, June when I can finish revisions on that. Um, and then now I'm working on Dangerous Hearts, which is Book Six in um, the Take Back series. Wow, you are so I busy. Think, yeah, I think that. I think that's all we're working on right now. <laughs> oh, that's good. We have a lot to, to look forward to. That's good. <laughs> yeah. And hopefully blue, blue team's in production now. So hopefully that'll start releasing maybe July, August. I think we're going to start releasing that even though triple canopy is not going to be done releasing yet. That'll release through September, but we're going to do both of those and then take back. We'll start in November or October. So yeah, I, I have a ton of audio coming out. 
Pete Darn, so many awesome books to listen to and read. Wow. Too bad for us. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, and, you know, we've got some terrific narrators coming up. So yeah, I'm super psyched. Lots yeah. of good stuff. I know that uh, Tainted, the triple, the, that book and the triple canopy series, but five is already up for pre-order and I'm seeing the, the narrators mm -hmm. there. They're good. They're good. Oh, it's interesting to see how that yeah. works out. So. Yeah, that was, that's a good, and they narrate, they narrated the whole series. Yeah. Um, and then Blue Team will be narrated by the same narrator pair through the whole series. But with Take Back, we're doing something a little bit different. And each book will be narrated with a different pair. Nice. Um, so yeah, that's, this is the first time I have done that. Usually the the narrators just do the whole series. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, this time we we switched it up testing the waters yeah. love it yeah. yeah yeah so and then we also have a few surprises with um with blue team um and then also this will ha happen and take back so my my um books are usually just done in dual narration mm -hmm. um but i have some really emotional stuff in blue team and I think the duet just hits harder. Yes. Um, when it's done right for those those emotional scenes. And like I said, I love dialogue. My books are really dialogue heavy. So for Blue Team, those emotional chapters will be done in duet. Oh, okay. So you're kind of combining the dual duet part. Yeah. The, oh, interesting. I am. Ooh. So we're going to see. We're going to yeah. see. I'm thinking it's going to work. But yeah, because they are so dialogue heavy, like when my characters start to argue and get into those fights, they're going at it. And I can I can write a monologue. So <laughs> um, and then we're doing the same thing for for take back. Uh, yeah. We're going to do some they'll be dual, but we're going to have some duets in there as well. Let me know if you like it. it we'll definitely do. I'm sure I'll love it. <laughs> Hope so. Yeah. Thank you again, Riley, for being part of this year's audiobook loving series. This has been so much fun. Thank you for having me. We, I absolutely adore you. Hmm. And everyone, thank you for hanging out with us today. And we hope you've enjoyed this chat as well as the series. We'll make sure to include all of Riley's social media information on the post. So if you guys are not following her, you need to because she'll be sharing all of this and more on there and you can find her links as well as more info on these books that we talked about over at audiobook loving series page at viviana and changes of books and until next time happy listenings and we're done with the episode yay awesome thank you good job <laughs> i'm over here just laughing my head off <laughs> yes good that means it was good it was fun i loved it <laughs> it was fun yes and yeah. thank you so much for having me of course A special thank you to authors DJ Krimmer, Tana Stone, Landon Beach, PJ Fiala, and all of our sponsors of the Audiobook Lovin' 2023 series. Visit today's episode post to listen to sound clips of some of the books we discussed and enter the month-long giveaway.
If you enjoyed the Audiobook Lovin' Podcast series and you want more, join the Audiobook Lovin' Podcast Patreon for early access to podcasts, exclusive content like the Would You Rather game and dinner party guests, and additional incentives such as bloopers, graphics, and much more. Support the podcast by becoming a Patreon at www.patreon.com forward slash audiobooklovin'. Thank you for joining Viviana and her guests for this podcast, and we hope you tune in again as we continue to celebrate Audiobook Month. The Audiobook Lovin' series is hosted by Viviana, the Enchantress of Books. Please make sure to visit the main page linked within the post to learn more about the entire Audiobook Lovin' series and the enchanting author and narrator guests who have joined us over the years. If you've enjoyed today's episode, please consider leaving a review wherever you listened. And please follow us on social media platforms and subscribe to the Viviana the Enchantress of Books newsletter. Until next time, happy listening. Audiobook Lovin' hopes you have enjoyed this program.